Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If we're fighting among each other in our family, in our homes, at work, in the church, then we are diverted from sharing the gospel. God likes to unify us. Thank you for being a great group of people that love to get along together. See, we're family, and he's just warning us. If we let people interrupt us, lose their patience, get sidetracked by grumbling and complaining, then basically we're going to be away from the thing God wants us to do. The call to unity within the body of Christ is perhaps one of the most important doctrines within the Bible. Because of the work on the cross, the separation of nation, race, religion has been done away with, and we're united as one in Christ. In today's message, Pastor Mark addresses this very issue. By putting our faith in Christ, we've been born again into a new family that stands as a testimony to the power of God. Today, Pastor Mark reminds us of the importance of unity. By setting our disagreements aside, we can better focus on our calling to share the gospel with others. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 9, with his continuing study entitled, Learning Patience in Life's Troubles. The signs he's going to give us are going to increase in frequency. We're going to see it more and more and more. And the intensity is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. So let's read what Jesus tells us. Verse 4. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and deceive many. First thing you want to write, the first sign Jesus says that we need to be a watch for, spiritual deception will increase closer together, more common, more intense, more deception. You see, that's exactly where we are today. Even in Christian churches, we're seeing people dilute the word of God. Well, I'm not going to teach from those passages that has nothing. And Christian churches, pastors are saying, you know, we kind of need to update this Bible to get it related to our culture. My friend, you need to get the culture back to doing what the Bible says. But that's what we're seeing. It's going to get worse. Now, deception means deception. Satan is a great deceiver. When we go through that series on spiritual warfare, you will not believe. So be careful. We, we know, Paul told Timothy, in the last days, when people come to church, they would not want to hear a sermon on being patient. They want to hear this. Tell me how good I am. 
Tell me how much money I can have. Tell me how blessed I am by God. He never gives me any problems at all. Deception. It's happening right now. Itching ears. I'm not going back to that church. They teach the Bible. Well, where are you going to go then? False? Not at all. See, we're seeing more and more people wanting to hear anything that makes them feel good rather than the truth of God's word. Thank you for being here this morning because this is what changes us. The truth of the living word of God. Now, look at verse six. You will hear wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Remember, these are all things precluding. Verse seven looks like our headlines. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Ukraine, Russia, Syria, ISIS, Hamas, Israel, South America, Africa. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. So the first sign is spiritual. The second sign, write it down this morning, that we need to be looking for. Physical disasters will increase. Wars, division, famines, earthquake, insurrections over and over and over again. None of us have ever in our wildest imaginations thought we could go to YouTube and watch an ISIS soldier take the head of a living person. Coming back from Israel, I saw some websites in Syria, Christians, at three or four sites in their homes, in the kitchen. And every one of them, the whole family was laying out from children to parents to whatever. They'd all been shot in the head, chopped in half for serving Jesus Christ. We have never seen that kind of stuff in life. See, you say, well, it's going to get better, Pastor Mark. No, it's going to get worse, closer and closer. You're not surprised anymore when you open the newspaper. But I want to tell you something. As it gets worse, it gets darker. We have the light of Jesus Christ. Now, when you and I look at that, when you and I look at that, we can go like, oh, man, really? No, this world that's kind of like a top, it's starting to wobble. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. So how are we going to react to all of this? Look at verse 6 again. You will hear wars and rumors of war, but see to it, look at it, see, look at it, that you are not alarmed. I do not have to be fearful, panicked, or worried. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. Nobody's going to set that date. I do know he is coming back. Until then, I need to be committed to stand firm in my beliefs, be zealous. This is not a time to be wishy-washy about what we believe. We stand true because we have, as we sang this morning in that song, Jesus is the rock. He never moves. Do not become complacent. This is no time to become lukewarm. This is the time to stand up for Jesus Christ because he is the solution. Now, we know the heart of Jesus during this whole time is for lost people. Jesus said, I came to the world that sinners could come to Christ. Look at verse 14. This is so encouraging to us. During this whole time, before the end of the world, the gospel is going to be shared. Millions of Jews are going to come to the Lord. 
They finally have their eyes open. Many people are going to choose for the Lord. But look at verse 14. And the gospel of the kingdom, the good news, will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Through this increasing spiritual and physical disasters, it never prevents the spread of the gospel. So don't give up. We learned a few weeks ago, the church will never be defeated. We're doing what God asked us to do, and we're going to continue to change our world. Now, sometimes standing firm, we don't get a picture of what that looks like. The Temple Mount in Israel, in Jerusalem, is ruled by Israel, but the Muslims are on it. They have two mosques there. And when you go up there, you can't even take a Bible. By the way, in case you don't know, Jesus died for the Muslims too. You say, well, no, he died for every person. Doesn't matter. Race, color, old age, doesn't matter. He died for them. But they have to repent the same as anybody else. Now let me ask you as a Christian this morning, how are you doing studying the Bible? Well, Pastor Michael, I don't really have time. Really? This is the time not to have time to study the truth? Could, could I challenge all of us this morning to make sure your devotion time is good? These guys are in a group. Men, can I challenge you this morning to be a spiritual leader of your home? Quit being a wimp. Stand for something. Jesus Christ. This is a time that the world's plummeting. We have the only answer. They're studying false teachings, deceptions. Inside one of their masks over there, it says this. Muhammad, holy Muhammad, and Allah. Allah has no son. So you think Allah is the same as God Jehovah? No. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Allah has no son. Yahweh has a son. His name is Jesus Christ. But they are devoted. By the way, five times a day. Doesn't matter where they're at. They're throwing their rug down, putting their head down, and praying to Allah. They're standing for what they believe. Let's step up to the plate, guys. Let's step up to the plate. It's no time to be lukewarm. They are not lukewarm. But we have the solution. Now, James 5.9, if you will, it goes back to something. It says to be patient with circumstances, but now it's going to talk about people. <laughs> Here we go. Don't grumble against each other. Brothers, or you would be judged. In fact, the judge is standing at the door. See, I have to learn to be patient with difficult people. Are there any difficult people here? No, they're all in Sebastian, probably. <laughs> yeah, all here from that. How about Vera? Okay. Do you know when we get difficult? When we go difficult times, we lose patience. All of us are difficult people from time to time. What is James saying? Don't grumble and compare each other. See, if we're fighting among each other in our family, in our homes, at work, in the church, then we are diverted from sharing the gospel. God likes to unify us. Thank you for being a great group of people that love to get along together. 
See, we're family. And he's just warning us. If we let people interrupt us, lose their patience, get sidetracked by grumbling and complaining, then basically we're going to be away from the thing God wants us to do. We took 48 people from all the campuses. Have you ever pictured traveling on a bus for 12 days with 48 people? Most of them you don't know. How does that sound to you? Do you know what? We became family, like every single time. What makes his family the head of the family? His name is Jesus Christ. So we're sharing all kinds of stuff and taking care of each other, helping people, doing whatever, sharing medicine, sharing. Where'd you get that thing? Oh, I got to go over there and get that thing. Pray for me. Thank you. Things at home. And we just became amazing family. That's the way we do life. All those people were different. But they were amazing because we weren't focused on us. We were focused on one another. Do you remember what God said? Love God and love people. Now, I can't be grumbling and complaining because I get offline. If you're having an issue in your home this morning, ask God to help you. Get forgiveness moving. Get back together. And let's learn to flow together. Can I ask you to write this statement down? Learn to be patient with people. Pastor Mark, why should I be learning to be patient with people? <laughs> because God is patient with you. Could I hear an amen? amen? I mean, the only reason we're alive, he's patient with us. We can be very difficult people. The disciples were very difficult people. He was very patient with them. So I can be patient with others. And here's a warning to us. The book of Hebrews says, verse 1025, and I highlighted something in yellow for a reason. Watch this. And let us not neglect our meeting together. That's talking about our group meeting here at church. It's talking about in our small group. You must be in some kind of small group. You cannot continue to just roll into church as you want. You must be connected to people. That's how we do life. You cannot do it on your own because you will easily get deceived. Pastor Mark, I know it, I will never. You will, I've been doing this for 50 years. You will easily get deceived. Satan's a greater deceiver than you think. He got Eve alone. Adam was close, but he deceived her and both fell. Get yourself in a group. Let us not neglect our meeting together, church and small group, as some people do, but encourage one another. You can't do it from an email. You do it one another, close. Especially, watch, look at the warning. Understand that Jesus' coming is soon. Look what he says. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. 9-11 celebration is coming. Will there be another 9-11? I have no idea. Probably. There'll be a lot of those things coming. This is a time we hang together with God and we hang together with each other. As Jesus comes back, these things are going to be more frequent, more difficult, more out of our minds. Don't have to be fearful, but I should be wise. And then look at verse 10. Kind of verse 10 is a, is a summary of what we just read. Look at it. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke 
in the name of the Lord. Now look at me. What's he saying? He's writing the Jewish people. So he says, they knew, of course, that's all they had at that point. They knew the Old Testament. They knew that the people that stood for God in the Old Testament, boy, they had troubles. And they went through things. Abraham had troubles with Lot, his nephew. One day they, they couldn't get along. And so Abraham said this, if you would take to the right land, uh, I'll take the left. If you take to the left, I'll take to the right. And Lot was selfish. He took the land over there. And Abraham said, no problem. It's not about the land. He went to this way. Land that wasn't good for Abraham. Lot ended up a disaster in his life. God blessed Abraham. Joseph, a young man, given by his brothers, sold as a slave. Ended up in prison, all kinds of false things with him. At the end, he sits back and he goes, I know God did all these things through the years for one reason. He took bad and made it good. See, that's the story of the Old Testament. We have history with God. God always takes the bad and eventually makes it good. Do you understand this morning as you think about that, think about David. David's anointed as king, but it's like 25 years before he gets to be king. Saul, the current king, is trying to kill him everywhere. David could have not had patience and killed Saul. He had an opportunity to do it. He didn't. He patiently waited for God to fulfill the will. Now, next verse talks about Job. Look at verse 11. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. Job lost everything. His kids, life, all his riches. His wife was gripey, complaining, said just curse God and die. Job persevered. In the end, God blessed him with more than he did from the beginning. And look at the last verse. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. He sums up the teaching by saying this. You can be patient with whatever you're going through today. You can be patient with people because God is full of compassion and mercy. Everything that's in your life, unless you've sinned, everything in your life has been designed or allowed by God to make you more like him. He's more interested in what's happening inside us than outside us. God's will and timing are always perfect. Don't take that situation this morning and put it in your own hands. Just be patient. His will and his timing are perfect. He works everything to good. And I want to end with this verse this morning. Romans 15.5. May God, now notice who gives patience. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Jesus Christ. Here's the last thing I want you to write this morning. Patient endurance always pays off. Just hang in there. Why? Because God is full of compassion and mercy. We have a God who knows how to direct our lives. He's interested in us, making us like him. He's at work in you this morning. He's changing you. Good things are happening. Hang in there. Be patient. Don't take things in your own hands. If there's issues with people, get them resolved. He'll give you the strength to do that. If there's a circumstance that you're ready to throw in the towel, do not do it this morning. Stand firm 
in the love of God. This is the life we live. I'm afraid it's not going to get better. We know it's not going to. I don't mean afraid, afraid. I would like to say everything's going to be great. We're going to, every country's going to get the right government in and everything's going to be perfect. I mean, no, that ain't going to happen no matter what. But there is a king of kings coming who's going to set up his own government and it's going to be peace for now and ever more. Until then, we have to be busy where we're at. Some of you here in Melbourne and Vieira and Sebastian, as yet, you've not turned your life over to God. So when I read that verse, God is a very present help in time of trouble. It doesn't fit for you because you have nobody to go to. You see, the gospel is simple. It just means this. You were born as a sinner, like every single human being has ever been born. Sin always separates us from God. Jesus loved the world, so he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross. He took your sin. You could never be good enough. Only forgiven people go to heaven. It's not about CCM or any church. You must be born again. And the world is going to get very difficult. But God has it totally under control. He holds everything together. You need to make him the center of your life. Christian, make him the center of your life this morning. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down right now in heaven at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, when you look at that, what was the joy of Jesus going to the cross? I mean, there was no joy in that. I stood on steps a few days ago where he was beaten in the Antonio Fortress, the exact steps from 2,000 years ago. What was the joy that was before him? Why did he go to the cross? The joy was you. He died knowing you would accept him. That brings joy to God. Some of you have not accepted his offer this morning. It's free. It's a gift. But you have to receive it. Every person can have their life changed. You can leave this building with peace and joy and forgiveness and the guarantee of heaven. In Vieira, online, Sebastian, right here. You can do it, but you have to choose. Don't let Satan, who's speaking into your ear right now, don't do that. People will make fun. My friend, you need to not worry about what other people say. You want to know what God is saying about you. And he's saying, today is the day of salvation, and I'll change your heart. Maybe you brought a friend with you this morning. Give him a little elbow and say, I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but if you'd like to, I'll even pray that prayer with you right here in the seat, quietly. Encourage them. Everybody has to take the step. It's not by osmosis. You have to take the step. In today's study in the book of James, Pastor Mark directed us to the fundamental message of the Bible, love God and love others. We learned that by practicing this essential element of our faith, we gain a powerful witness and testimony to those who have yet to receive the gospel. Rather than focusing on our disagreements within the body, Pastor Mark encouraged us to focus outward and share the love of Christ. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Stay tuned for the next edition of Lessons for Living as Pastor Mark will teach on the power and the wide influence of prayer. In our study, Pastor Mark will clear up some misconceptions about prayer while encouraging us to engage more frequently with our Heavenly Father. Whether it's sickness, need, pain, or praise, we'll learn that prayer is a two-way conversation with a loving God who cares for His own. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.